Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. Mia Motley's led BLP wins all 30 seats again in Barbados. Haitian wanted in President's killing extradited to United States. More than 1,000 pregnant women in TNT contracted COVID-19. Pan American Health Organization recommends rapid antigen testing. University of the Virgin Islands NASA to host global outreach program and Taiwan St. Lucia sign agreement on agricultural corporation. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Thursday, January 22nd. We start a report today in Barbados. Antigua Newsroom reports that Barbados's Prime Minister Mia Motley made history once again with a second consecutive 30-0 victory at the polls in Barbados's first general election since it became a republic last year. Reuters also reports that Barbados is Prime Minister Mia Motley's Barbados Labor Party went into the vote holding 29 of 30 seats in the national legislature and the prime minister was comfortably re-elected in one of the first constituencies to be declared. Results overnight and projections on local televisions suggested that the Barbados Labor Party was headed for a decisive victory over the opposition. Motley called the snap election in December, saying it would help promote unity as the government battled the coronavirus, which has heavily affected the tourism-focused economy. About 5,000 people from the population, just under 300,000, were in isolation after being affected recently, officials' figures show. The former British colony declared independence in 1966, but retained Queen Elizabeth as its ceremonial head of state until November 30th last year. She was replaced by President Sandra Mason. St. Lucia Time reports that a Haitian wanted in the assassination of the country's president was arrested in Miami on Wednesday after being extradited from the Dominican Republic, a U.S. Justice Department official said. Rudolph Jarre will be the second person to stand trial in the United States over the killing of President Jovenel Moise in July last year, after a retired Colombian soldier was charged on January 4th for his alleged role in the murder. Jar fled from Haiti after the attack at the presidential palace and was arrested in the neighboring Dominican Republic on January 7th, exactly six months after the assassination. Jar was to make an initial court appearance on Thursday. Jar was to make an initial court appearance on Thursday to hear the charges against him, the justice official said. The department has not explained why Jar or Palacios is being charged in the United States rather than in Haiti. The Miami Herald said Jar is a businessman who served jail time in the United States for cocaine trafficking a decade ago. Last Friday, police in Jamaica arrested a former Haitian senator, Jean-Joel Joseph, also wanted in his country in connection to Moise's killing. More than 40 people have been arrested over the attack, but much remains unknown, especially who ordered it. St. Lucia Times reports that more than 1,000 pregnant women in Trinidad and Tobago contracted the coronavirus COVID-19 since the first case linked to the pandemic was detected on the island two years ago. Trinidad's director of the Directorate of Women's Health at the Ministry of Health, Dr. Adesh Serju Singh, 
told a news conference on Wednesday that since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic, 1,181 pregnant women have contracted the virus, with the majority of the cases being community-acquired. Dr. Serju Singh said that 58 cases of pregnant women contracted the virus were recorded in 2020, 1,101 last year in 2021, and 22 cases have been recorded so far this year. The majority of these patients, when you look at their histories, they are community acquired. Just like the general population, these patients are getting infected in their homes when they're out doing their normal business as well as in their workplaces. Of these persons, 2% have been hospitalized. A small number ended up in the high dependency unit. Some went to the intensive care unit. We actually have patients there now, and since the start of this year, we've had one additional maternal debt in the postpartum period, so we now have six confirmed maternal debts associated with COVID-19. Dr. Serju Singh said that the COVID-19 pandemic has made pregnancy a high-risk state and that most of the critically ill cases are women who are not vaccinated. Preterm birth is a common complication of the COVID-19 infection in pregnancy, Dr. Serju Singh said, disclosing that a newborn baby who died as a result of prematurity was a case of a mother-to-child transmission. The senior medical official told reporters that both the Sinopharm and Pfizer vaccines have been approved for breastfeeding mothers, while for pregnant women in the second term and third trimester, the Pfizer vaccine has been approved. He said that as of January 17th, there were 1,084 vaccinations started during pregnancy, while 675 women who have started their vaccinations prior to pregnancy have since completed it during pregnancy. The Pan American Health Organization is recommending that member countries prioritize rapid antigen testing for persons experiencing coronavirus COVID-19 symptoms and who are at risk of spreading the virus. Speaking during the Pan American Health Organization's weekly digital COVID-19 media briefing on Wednesday, January 19th, Director Dr. Caricia Ithian said the recommendation comes against the background of surging COVID-19 COVID-19 cases across the region, a prevailing testing shortage and demands for the service, which she notes are higher than ever, as many countries in our region are also experiencing an active influenza season, it's critical that they use tests smartly, she noted. The director added that individuals who are asymptomatic and have or think they may have been exposed to COVID-19 should be advised to quarantine when possible and follow effective public health measures, including mask wearing, physical distancing, and avoiding large gatherings. Dr. Ethian also encouraged member countries to scale up their testing regime by leveraging the rapid antigen procedure. She noted that the procedures does not require specialized training or expensive equipment, pointing out that they can be deployed to primary health centers where they can reach more people closer to home. Dr. Ethian assured that the Pan American Health Organization is doing everything it can to support the bolstering of countries, testing capabilities, consequent on the demand and prevailing shortage of the requisite 
apparatus. She advised that since the pandemic's onset, the entity has acquired more than 42 million PCR and rapid antigen test kits for 36 countries throughout its strategic fund. Dr. Ethian also informed that the Pan American Health Organization has established long-term agreements with two World Health Organization's approved manufacturers of COVID-19 tests so that we can secure these for our region at a fraction of the price. Countries can and should take advantage of these agreements by purchasing diagnostic tests through our strategic fund, she added. Dr. Ethian said that the Omicron variant continues to spread rapidly. Testing capacities across the region will be limited for some time. That's why it's important to remember that testing alone will not overcome this virus. Slowing the spread of COVID-19 will require every tool in our arsenals, vaccines, physical distancing, mask wearing, and testing, she pointed out. The director emphasized that we need to rely on all these measures to continue to protect ourselves and each other against this virus. The Virgin Islands Free Press reports that as a part of a growing collaboration between the University of the Virgin Islands and the National Aeronautics and Space Administration for the United States, NASA, to promote STEM education, the U.S. Virgin Islands students will join students from around the world to learn about the array of opportunities available in the field of STEM and how they can take part in internships, science education, and citizen science activities offered by the Space Agency. The annual week-long outreach event will offer 17 virtual sessions to be held from January 24 to 28, featuring live presentations from NASA scientists, including Virgin Islander Simone Fullwood. Another important topic to be explored throughout the week is climate change. Fullwood grew up on St. Croix and dreamt of the stars. After graduating from college, she landed at NASA and now serves as a NASA flight service engineer with more than 23 years of engineering experience. I'm excited to join this event because I want youth from all over, especially the U.S. Virgin Islands, to know that no matter who you are, or what your circumstance, you too can be a part of the NASA family, she said. Getting a good education will lead you to that dream, which is exactly how I got here. For Virgin Island students, three outreach sessions will be offered each day via Microsoft Teams at 9 a.m. and 10.45 a.m. and 1 p.m. For grade-level students from kindergarten to 12th grade, Wednesday's schedule will be different, however, when presenters address an international audience of E4USA national pre-engineering students and students from far away as India, South Africa, Hawaii, and Scotland. To view the event online during the week of January 24 to 28, go to the University of the Virgin Islands YouTube channel or the University of the Virgin Islands Facebook page and watch the event live. 
St. Lucia's agricultural sector is expecting to improve exponentially over the next five years, with the signing of a major agreement between the governments of St. Lucia and the Republic of China-Taiwan on Friday, January 7, 2022. During a brief ceremony, the Enhancing the Efficiency of Production, Distribution Supply Chain in Fruit and Vegetable Sector in St. Lucia's second term was signed, paving the way for more efficient and diverse agricultural sector. The Honorable Alfred Prosper, St. Lucia's Minister of Agriculture, Fisheries, Food Security and Rural Development and Taiwan's Ambassador to St. Lucia, H.E. Peter Chen, signed the agreement which runs from January 1, 2022 to December 31, 2026. The second term follows a three-year term which ended in November 2021, for which the main objective was to reduce St. Lucia's food import bill by 30% during that period. The program sees Taiwan leveraging agricultural technology to strengthen St. Lucia's agricultural production, improve farmers' income, and build up the resilience of agricultural sector to mitigate the effects of climate change. Noting that the agricultural sector forms a very crucial part of a country's overall food security plan, Ambassador Chen said Taiwan was pleased to partner with the government of St. Lucia to implement this agricultural project that seeks to strengthen St. Lucia's agricultural capacity. As our world continues to confront worsening climate emergencies such as severe storms, hurricanes, and extreme weather, food security has come under serious threat, Ambassador Chen said. In this regard, the Taiwan Technical Mission will continue to provide assistance, including promoting diversified production, establishing a high-efficiency production model, and strengthening the sales and marketing mechanism for local agricultural products. The Honorable Prosper thanked the Taiwan Technical Mission for funding that will cover the second term of the project, noting that the fund will help to alleviate the plight of local farmers, ensure food security, and promote diversification. Food security has always been a serious concern to me as a minister, the Honorable Prosper said. He added, we have seen the trend that banana industry is taking, and we are not sure if the banana industry will remain with us for too long, especially the UK market. There's an urgent need for us as a ministry to look at a strategy to encourage more of the banana farmers to get into diversification. Since July last year, our farmers have not been exporting bananas to the markets, and they are struggling with regards to farm inputs and incentives for the whole agricultural sector, he stated. I'm confident that this five-year period of the project will really help to incentivize the farming sector in St. Lucia. I'm looking forward to seeing this project engage as many farmers as possible. While farmers should be encouraged to stay within the sector, Honorable Prosper said that they also need to know that there are reliable markets available to sell their produce. He added that more young people need to get into the agricultural sector and that introducing new means of technology to the sector is essential in reducing the food import bill. 
And finally, Trinidad and Tobago Newsday reports that the government of Trinidad and Tobago will make no further official announcements on this year's carnival activities, the prime minister said. But if they do take place, they must be staged in accordance with the current health protocols. Member of Parliament David Lee posed a question to Dr. Rowley during the Wednesday sitting of Parliament, asking if he would provide the House with a definitive date for a decision to be made on Carnival 2022 to allow operators, promoters, and other stakeholders to prepare. He replied, I indicated last Saturday that there are public health protocols being enforced that will remain enforced across Carnival and any Carnival-like activity will be governed by those protocols. While Carnival will be scaled down from typical celebrations, Rowley noted that there are certain Carnival activities that would not be permitted simply because they are obviously at variance with the requirements of the pandemic response of 2022. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Wednesday, July 19. I'm Keisha Wallace, thanking you for choosing Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup as your source for Caribbean-centered news right here Monday through Friday. Be sure to spread the word to family, friends, and associates. For more Caribbean news stories and information, be sure to visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com and like and follow us on Facebook, now Meta.